Blog Talk Radio. Well, it's another Friday, and it's another episode of Bulletproof Business Radio here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and we'd like to thank the fine folks at Blog Talk Radio for uh, providing this service. It allows small businesses like us to share information with our clients and those people in our community uh, here in, uh, in Alberta. My name is Stuart Crawford, and I'm with Bulletproof Infotech. We are the sponsors of Bulletproof Business Radio, and a little plug for us, we provide IT services to small and mid-sized businesses throughout Red Deer, Calgary, and throughout the rest of the province of Alberta. Anyway, enough about us and over to our guest today. We're joined by a very good friend of mine. His name is Phil DeSilva, and Phil's with Builders Insurance. Uh, Phil's been a long-time uh, networker here in Calgary, so many people know Phil and what he brings and the value he brings to the community, uh, both from an insurance side and just an you know, all-around nice guy. Welcome, Phil. How are things with you? Oh, very good, thanks, Stuart. So, uh, Phil, uh, tell us about yourself, because you've got a pretty interesting uh, uh, career history. Uh, you you haven't always been doing insurance. You've got your you're dabbed in a lot of different things, or uh, running your own businesses and as an entrepreneur. Uh, yes, uh, what I have um, run quite a few uh, businesses that uh, I found out later <clears throat> I hadn't insured very well. I was very very fortunate; nothing ever happened to me. And uh, since getting into the insurance industry, I've focused on small business to assist them to make sure they protect themselves. I, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, it can be a real disaster. And um, I didn't realize, uh, I guess, my risk until uh, until after. So I was very, very fortunate in the business I did own that something didn't happen. So, so but Phil, so, you know, a lot, a lot of business owners are, are not as fortunate as you. You know, they they have all kinds of, all kinds of different uh, things happen. You know, both both on the personal side and the business side. Yes. You know, why is it important for uh, business owners today to have, you know, the right insurance? Well, there's because of the variety of business people can have and the different technologies that are involved and and uh, all the different exposures, it's really important to assess each business individually. Uh, not every IT business is the same. Not every um, home business is the same. So... <clears throat> It really takes someone to go through it and ask the right questions to identify the areas so that the, all the areas are covered. Uh, it just takes one area that's not covered. If that goes wrong, then uh, it can really it can take down a business, in fact. So that's the type of thing that I prefer to do is to meet with someone and just go through it and just identify the areas and make sure that we have all the areas covered so that it uh, doesn't create a disaster. So, Phil, tell us a little about a builder's insurance. So this is a, a new venture for you. Uh, before we even get dig deeper into questions here, what does uh, what services does builder's insurance provide to uh, you know to the business owner and also to maybe just the odd person looking for insurance? Uh, builder's insurance is a nice small company that <clears throat> does a lot of general insurance and uh, life insurance. There's two types of insurances and two different licenses. General insurance is everything from home and auto 
to a liability insurance, uh, commercial vehicle insurance, errors and emissions, those type of insurance, like business insurance. And then with life insurance, there are, uh, you can use life insurance to fund buy-sell agreements uh, to cover loans, uh, whether it's a, uh, a home mortgage or a business uh, loan. And uh, there's, again, a variety of uh, solutions there for either personal or business. And uh, what I found that because I was calling on small businesses, I originally was selling just life insurance, and I found that every time I came across a, a client that required some sort of general insurance, like a liability insurance, I'd have to return it over to Tom at the Builders. And I finally said, uh, sat down with Tom and said, uh, maybe I should be going this way. I should get my general insurance license. And just so I can assist people better, just give me more knowledge and uh, so I can direct people uh, better. So that's uh, that's my reason for moving over to Builders. Well, Phil, that doesn't fit into your mantra at all, wanting to help people. I find that very odd for you, I know. <laughs> You know, let's, so you know, as a business owner myself, Phil, you know, you know, when should I get business insurance or bill or just general insurance for my business? You know, when is the right time? Is it when we start, or is it, do I wait a little bit of long time? You know, or is it maybe you know after? Is it never too late? If I'm saying I got a business for 25 years and I haven't any insurance, you know, is it too late? So maybe we can address, you know, when's the right time to get it? But how about for the people that you know haven't really thought about it? Yeah. Essentially, as soon as you start a business, uh, you should have insurance because immediately, let's say you have a home-based business, your residential policy covers um, just a little bit of any sort of business content that you might have there. And if you, let's say, have a laptop and you go to a meeting and someone breaks in and takes your laptop, that's not covered because it's no longer at your home. And also, uh, the insurance isn't there to cover businesses. They, uh, you know, it's excluded from your policy. You can get a rider added on to do that, but then you have to be concerned about liability. Liability is the biggest of the uh, concerns. Is what if uh, someone's come to your place to do business, they trip and fall, and they blame you. Even if it's frivolous, you still have to defend it. So you're either defending it by yourself, or you're sharing the risk with the insurance company who will back you up on that. And so as soon as you start a business, uh, that's the best way to go. And and if you've gone along like I used to do and uh, you find out later, oops, I better, that's a good time to do it too because uh, you do need that coverage. It's something that uh, can be very disastrous uh, if you get a liability claim against you and you don't have coverage. Uh, they can go after, uh, even if you're an incorporated company, if you haven't done your books right, uh, if you've kind of mixed your personal and business accounts together, it, they actually have a, you actually have exposure to your personal uh, assets, and that could be things like mutual funds and uh, your home. So it's very, very important to get together with a, an accountant and a lawyer to draw things up just to make sure you're covered. And that's uh, really kind of sharing the risk with someone else uh, like an insurance company, or to make sure that you you are covered correctly, so that uh, you aren't exposed, because that can be disastrous if someone, uh, let's say, was able to get your home or your your uh, retirement funds because of mutual funds. There are ways you can change the mutual funds and change it into a segregated fund. We will protect it, but uh, you really have to have a, a thorough assessment just so that uh, you don't get into those sort of challenges and. 
uh, there have been more lawsuits are increasing. They're not decreasing. They're actually increasing. Um, bankruptcies uh, are are growing. So liabilities are getting higher. So you have to be really careful with just how you you um, strategize your whole business. You know, for one of the things I'm seeing, and it's an alarming trend that you know, just by listening to Dave Rutherford in the morning or the news or whatever, there is an alarming rate of um, business, are people suing businesses for frivolous uh, things? Yes. Almost like we're it's the U.S. culture coming into Canada, where we think it's all right to sue somebody maybe because they slipped on a piece of ice in front of their building or, or whatever. Uh, this is I think this really drives home the point of you know you want to protect your assets. Yeah. Uh, Chubb uh, did a survey regarding Canadian private firms and what they found out was that uh, we in Canada face the equivalent or more litigation than our U.S. counterparts. We've actually sometimes exceeded them in in litigation. So we've always thought of ourselves as someone, well, you know, know, the U.S. are really bad at lawsuits. Well, no, we're we're right up there with business lawsuits. And you're right. you hear a lot more stories about people just more willing to to uh, get into a frivolous lawsuit, and that's and once you get uh, someone a uh, lawyer involved, it's it's a huge amount of money, and if you don't have the insurance, you you have to pay it out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Either that, or else you you're going to pay for their claim. So it's a it's a really uh, important to have the right insurance in place, so that if a frivolous lawsuit comes along, it doesn't destroy you. Yeah, we want to make sure, Phil, that you know what that um, not only the livelihood of the business owner, but the livelihood of those people that work in that small business are protected. Because uh, you know we're at risk every day. We just have to walk out out the front door of our house, and for some reason we may, you know, there's a there's a risk associated with everything that we do in life. So, so when would you know how much how much is enough insurance? Oh, some of the questions good to ask yourself is. Um, do I have enough insurance to rebuild my business property and replace all the merchandise and possessions? Um, the also, you know, how much insurance do I need to keep my business open in case of a disaster? Let's say uh, uh, in the building that you're in, if someone accidentally set fire to one of their offices, and the you, know, you get the firemen coming in, there's smoke damage, uh, electricity shut off. What happens in that meantime until they get things back together again? You know, do you have enough money to look after that, or will that just drain you if you have to move your business and that? It's how fast you recover from, from something like that. And then also, um, we were talking about lawsuits. Do you have enough insurance to cover yourself in a lawsuit? And like I say, the lawsuit is is a part of it, the actual award, but the biggest thing you're concerned about is actually the litigation costs. Once you get legal fees and that's huge money. And then also uh, the illness. What if uh, one of your key people becomes ill or dies? How do you survive that? Because there's a lot of businesses where the key person is the person that your client is is, um, relying on. If they become ill or if they die, your client might start question while they're using you should they move somewhere else because they've lost that expertise so to be able to replace a person like that is quite a bit of money because you have to get a headhunter involved and some time involved and there has to be assurances to your client 
that things haven't uh, uh, gone really seriously wrong. So uh, there are these types of insurance policies just to make sure that you can continue on no matter which way you uh, <clears throat> which way you might uh, face the danger. So, uh, when I understand you correctly here, Phil, it's a you know that's almost like a key man insurance. Uh, that's that's a critical piece of insurance, I would think, for a business to have. You know, yeah. how many businesses out there are not haven't even uh, haven't even thought about that, Phil? Can you can you put can you put a number or a percentage around that? I think it's about only thirty percent of businesses actually have the correct insurance in place, or actually have some sort of insurance in place. Sometimes it's not even correct because it hasn't been reviewed in a while. Or uh, um, you know, I saw a a business that is uh, now worth $20 million, and the buy-sell agreement was done 10 years ago when it was $2 million. So what happens is <clears throat> three partners involved. You have $2 million uh, insurance in place. It's actually worth $20 million. If one of the partner dies, the beneficiary of the will gets the shares. So... Let's say the husband dies, so the wife becomes a beneficiary. The obligation is you continue paying her, and also, if she wants to, she can be part of the business now. She can come in. She may not have the expertise. Maybe she has a totally different idea from the other two partners. It becomes a huge issue. And what a buy-sell agreement has as the buy-sell funding is that if that happens, you should have enough money to from the insurance to pay off the person who's the beneficiary so they can go live their life and you can start looking for another partner or else readjust things with the other two partners but it doesn't shut your business down because what if she wants to sell the business she there's uh, in that case it was a 50 percent to 30 percent to 20 percent so if she decides to sell the business then the business starts to go under it's and i've heard uh, a case where there was two partners. One died. The other person didn't have the money to buy out, so he had to keep paying the wife. Because you feel an obligation, just like you do with your business partners, to look after their family if something happens. If you don't have a buy-sell agreement, so you don't have the money to actually give to her from the insurance policy, you continue to pay her. Well, that's a huge drain because you've lost one producer and gained one huge expense. And within seven years, that company was sold and all it could sell was the building and the actual assets like the the, the production equipment. None so of lots of stuff done. at risk, Phil, uh, by not being properly insured. That's, that's basically the underlying message I'm hearing that's uh, throughout the whole conversation. Right. Uh, you know, so Phil, we got you know we got all this great uh, you know stuff you know that you're talking to us about. You know, what what are the next steps? What does the business have to do to get ready to have uh, the right insurance policy in place, and maybe let me just ask you this question first, and we'll come back to that one. Is it important to have your insurance rep or your agent or whatever your broker, whatever the terminology that's used today, uh, like having for a small business, having them as sitting at the you know at a seat on the basically like on a board of directors type thing, where you have you know you have your banker, you have your lawyer, you have your technology advisors. I, I would guess it's pretty important for a business to have their insurance advisor uh, sitting at that uh, table with them. 
Yes, it, it definitely is. The it helps uh, with the planning and to understand. This is like uh, having a lawyer there and accountant. When you make a change, there's ramification for those change, and sometimes you can set it up so that it works well for the company. Otherwise, you can set something up that could actually either detract from the focus or it could uh, expose you to different risks. And that's where it's important to have uh, an advisor as a, a trusted, as much like uh, you and I are friends, we'd sit down and say, look, I'm planning to do this. What do you think? And especially talking about IT, and definitely come to you and say, this is what the company is thinking of. You know, What are the ramifications of that? Because there's a huge amount of money to be spent on equipment. And if it's spent incorrectly, it's a real waste of money. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. And if uh, you have a correct solution, there actually might be less money to, to spend. So there's a, whenever it comes to exposures like that, whether it's uh, with an accountant or a lawyer or an IT person or insurance, if you have a trusted advisor, that's what they become is someone who you go to to say, okay, I need clarification on this and some advice as to, what might be best, and are we covered correctly? You know, whether it's uh, uh, with IT and that, so you know, dis, uh, disaster recovery. How do we? What if this happens? Those are the type of things that uh, I think as an advisor, whether you're an IT advisor or insurance or accounting advisor, that's really critical that uh, may become part of the advisory team. Not not so much a board member. But like an advisory team, you can say, okay, let's call them in for this one. We'll have a meeting, and we'll talk about these things. So, yeah, definitely it's a good idea. So, yeah, so basically like a member of your advisory council can be your 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 insurance advisor. So, you know, I don't know if we touched on errors in admission insurance, but is that a critical piece of, uh, you know, your insurance package? Should most small businesses have that today? Uh, yeah, anytime you're offering advice that uh, people are going to be spending money on. Uh, it's critical to have that. Uh, <clears throat> the largest lawsuits are actually um, errors and omissions. They, uh, it's a real, uh, there's some, here's some notes on, in the last five years, one in 10 Canadian and U.S. companies have been sued, 12% uh, from customers and partners, the cost average is 73. It actually, when you get into things like intellectual property lawsuits, you can get up to $5.5 million, and we're talking legal fees before the actual award and damages are done. So, And, we're, of course, we're talking some of the U.S. Uh, claims where they're $25 million or more. But even with um, less than a million dollars, just the lawyer's fees can be 700, like the average was uh, 767 hundred thousand dollars so these <clears throat> these type of uh, lawsuits like errors and emissions intellectual property become issues that can really affect uh, a lot of companies and as a um, errors and emissions uh, we're exposed uh, like myself uh, I have to give financial advice like yourself you give IT advice and if something goes wrong you have to have continuous coverage from the time you start because a, an old issue may come up. And if that original advice happened, let's say, five years ago, and you, for some reason, didn't replace your insurance or maybe even skipped a day 
on the payment, it may not cover you to that date. They they actually stop at the point that you restarted your insurance. And if you didn't have, if it wasn't in place when you had that uh, that issue, they won't cover you. So there's a lot of things that once you get into errors and emissions, it's a long-term uh, exposure for you. So let me make sure I understand this, understand this correctly. So you're telling me if I started a plan with you, say, five years ago, mm-hmm. and I happened to you know, miss a couple of payments, say, year two, and then got caught up again, my plan is basically restarted from the day that I got caught up? Yeah. It, it's not so much... Uh, <clears throat> There might be some forgiveness on the actual uh, payment, but let's say you don't put a new one in place right away. You didn't, on the anniversary date, you for some reason delayed, maybe uh, uh, for whatever reason there was uh, there was a delay. That as soon as you delay and st- it stops coverage, that's the point it starts again, where though you'll be covered. So if anything happened prior to that, you wouldn't be covered for so it's very important to keep it continuous. Uh, let's say if you're thinking about shopping for insurance and you want to see if there's maybe a better provider or save some costs, have a lead time of uh, 90 to 60 days. <clears throat> and it's something that's really critical that we don't have any gaps because as soon as you have a gap, that's when you you stop your, your backdated uh, coverage. So you want to make sure, Phil, you're properly, uh, you know, forecast. You, you forecast everything properly. Uh, you keep up to date, and and this is why having somebody on your advisory team is so critically important. Stuff we talked about already. Mm-hmm. You know, small business owners, you need to have your banker, lawyer, your IT technical advisor, yes. and maybe your insurance advisor. They're sitting uh, sitting at the table, helping and advising you on direction for your business, especially when it comes to insurance, Phil. Yeah, I mean, We've talked about that already, and this, this really just drives home the point why this is so critical, important, critically important for small businesses. Oh, definitely, definitely. The uh, the ability to actually pick up the phone and call, uh, you know, like yourself, I'll give you a call and say, okay, I've got <clears throat> this is what we're talking about right now. Is this a big issue or not? And then you say, yes, it is. Well, look, why don't you come in and uh, meet with the, all the partners who are involved with this uh, decision? So we can come up with the correct solution. It's always, I think, you and I and a lot of our our peers uh, don't treat this as as a business. We treat it as um, really assisting each other. We want to make sure everyone's covered correctly, comes to the right decision. Yes, there's business involved, but it goes beyond that because there's a trust of decision making, and I think that's critical in any businesses to not only have an, a, a, you know get your insurance but to actually know the person you're buying it from to be able to actually call them up and say hey Phil you know how about this or hey Stuart we're going to do this is you know is that within parameters or do we have to worry about this and I think there's too many of us and I know I've, I've, uh, I've had my own we've had our own uh, liability insurance uh, with my wife's company and uh, we've never met the person, <laughs> so you know, and they can't help you that way. But also, I find it strange that we haven't been approached to say, you know, let's.
let's talk. You know, I just want to have a coffee with you. And I think we've been with him for 15 years. So uh, I find that there's a real lack of personal interaction, which I, I, I find strange because it's something where if I have a, a business that requires um, IT solutions, I want to know the person. I don't want to have something anonymous or kind of a, just a help number to call. There has to be someone there that can be an advisor and go beyond the actual, uh, you know, how do I fix this uh, little glitch here? So that's the, to me, I think it's important for any business, especially survival of the business, is to have a real close relationship uh, with the actual person at the company. Yeah, so what I'm hearing, Phil, is get back to the old uh, way of doing business. You know, you first got to know the person, you got to like the person, then that, when that trust is established, really that's when the the real magic of doing business with each other happens. And you need, you know, you need, there's so many insurance agents and advisors out there, Phil. Uh, somebody like yourself who offers that little extra human component really can, uh, you know, offer real advice and, Hey, you know, not, not it's not necessarily the um, you know the the quick fail. You're looking you're in you're in for this for the long term relationship. You know, over many many years. Uh, that's what I'm hearing from you, Phil. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> you know, we've known each other for many years, and that's you know I think that's the traction of the uh, doing business with someone that you you know and trust. And price is no longer the issue. Um, yeah, you could save a few hundred dollars here. Yes, you can do that. But in the end, you really want to have someone there who's actually part of your advisory team to help you survive. Uh, let's face it, there's 96% failure of businesses in the first 10 years, and 80% of them um, go away within the first two years. Without having trusted advisors, whether you're a let's say a business coach or an IT person or insurance, it you can really go down the wrong road very quickly. It doesn't take much to <clears throat> to spend the money in the wrong place or not get covered in the right place. And that sort of exposure uh, is really uh, very, very dangerous. And that's I think that's part of the reason why 96% of business do not last for the 10 years. So, Phil, in wrap, wrapping things up, we're running, uh, running out of time. Um, how can somebody get a hold of you to learn more about what Builders Insurance offers, you know, having that one-on-one chat with you? What's the best way for people to uh, reach you, Phil? There's actually two ways. One is uh, my cell phone, <clears throat> which is uh, 403-630-3453, or my email, which is phil, P-H-I-L, at B I G I. That's uh, Bob uh, Builders Insurance Group Inc. B I G I dot C A. And uh, both those ways are uh, ways you can contact me. <clears throat> Great. So Phil, you know, to repeat that, uh, get a hold of you on the phone at four zero three six three zero three four five three or via email at phil at b i g i dot c a. Did we capture those correct? That's correct. Phil at Ex- excellent. Phil, <laughs> any last minute uh, comments before we uh, wrap up for today? Uh, yeah, there's some myths out there, and uh, one of them is um, is a red car insured uh, differently than any other car? Is it more expensive? And it's not. <laughs> the uh, I heard I heard the same about a yellow car though. 
Oh, the, yeah, yeah. I think there's always those uh, rumors, and uh, no, it, it really doesn't matter. And also, if you uh, go to uh, court and fight your speeding fine and don't get any demerit points that uh, won't show up on your record that the insurance people look at, it does show up. So yep. even though you didn't get the points, you still you still get a mark against you. So that's uh, just some, some of the myths that uh, do happen out there. Great. Uh, spending uh, the last 30 minutes with you still talking about insurance. I know it's an awful dry topic sometimes, but we try to make it a little bit more hot and sexy, I guess, the, to <laughs> borrow a line from Heather Douglas, the Chamber of Commerce. We'll make it hot and sexy. Phil, great uh, talking with you again. I hope to uh, see you real soon. Uh, good luck. If uh, you want to reach out to Phil, phil at digi.ca or 630-3453 here in Calgary. Phil, it's been an honor and a pleasure to uh, have your friendship over the many years and uh, look and I wish you all the best of luck uh, with uh, Builders Insurance. Great. Thank you very much, Stuart. So that was uh, Phil DeSilva from Builders Insurance, who we just spent the last 30 minutes here with on Bulletproof Business Radio. Again, my name is Stuart Crawford, and we uh, want to thank you for taking time out of your day to join us here, and we're downloading it uh, via our, our d- download on iTunes. Uh, again, Bulletproof Business Radio is part of Bulletproof Infotech. We service the small to mid-sized community here in Calgary, Red Deer, and throughout Alberta, uh, providing outsourced IT services and managed IT infrastructure support uh, for businesses here in, uh, in Alberta. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to be off for the next couple of weeks. We've got a number of little business conferences coming up, and we'll be back on the air during the month of November. Um, just a couple of things uh, on the agenda. Join us on January 8th. Mark this one down. Chris Brogan will be joining us. Uh, he has a great uh, blog and social media site, chrisbrogan.com. He'll be a guest on our show coming up real soon. Again, my name is Stuart Crawford, signing off for this week for Bulletproof Business Radio. Thanks to Phil, and thanks to all you who join us online and via our download. Have a great and successful week.